That's good. I've enjoyed being here. Thank you for everything. And I appreciate all of it. Every single bit of it. Now, I was talking last night about preachers being different, some of them. Uh, hey, and I, I was thinking about that even this morning. And I was thinking about a man I failed to mention last night that preached for me that just went to heaven. You know, talking about the preacher said finding God in services. You know, I'm glad the Lord can still speak to us. You know, a year ago, I guess it's been, yeah, it's been about a year ago now, God dealt with my heart to have Sammy Allen. I don't know how many of y'all know Sammy. Yes, sir. Sammy was in Allen. He's talking about different. Uh, yes, sir. Hey, yeah. Totally different. Uh-huh. But if I know anybody that I know know God, he knows God. Huh. Sammy, I knew God. Yep. He knew God. Uh, I'll tell you some stories. But God laid on my heart to have him. I'd never had him. I, I would have been a member of a church used to have Sammy, but I'd never had him. And preacher, one day driving down the road, the Lord told me to have Sammy Allen. Just laid on my heart. I got on the phone, called the office. I told the secretary, I said, call Sammy Allen, see if he can come next February and preach with Tony Hudson. I said, I'm like, Tony, you have both. Now that yes, is a I mean, you, you, you're about loaded with double all buckshot. And so he, he said, I'd love to come. And so he came. Now let me tell you, he came. I hadn't seen him in a long time. But his health had failed and he'd gotten, Sammy was up in his 80s. He used to, years ago, when Sammy would preach, he'd probably run two or three miles in yeah. a sermon. I mean, he'd take off running. Yeah, exactly. uh, and, and he would quote sometimes hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of verses of Scripture. He memorized so much Scripture. It was unreal. Mm. But uh, anyhow... He said he'd come, and he came. Well, I hadn't seen him when he came in. And Tony preached that night, then Sammy preached, and uh, he sat on the front row right over here. And whenever he got ready to preach, he said, Brother Cox, come here just a minute. And I walked down there, and he never did walk up on the platform. He just stood up where he was at and put his arm around my neck. And I literally held him up for one hour. He just leaned on me while he preached. My brother, he preached. He was so weak, he couldn't hardly get up the steps. Mm. The next night, he didn't even stand up. He sat down. We put one of these mics on him. He turned around and sort of faced the crowd and preached on revival. But the power of God came. It was unreal. Preacher, that was the... He preached one meeting after that and died. Oh, my. And I know why God wanted me to have him. It was just, I mean, it was just, it was just strange. He told me he had him. And he came and he preached. I talk, and I told our people, I said, you know, Sammy's getting age on him, and I'm afraid if we don't have him, I won't get to have him. Brother, I didn't know that he's getting ready to go to heaven. What a man of God. A praying man, a man within the Bible. Yeah. You know, uh, and I was talking about last night, your brother, talking about men being a little bit different. How many of you know Doug Fisher? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Hey, yeah. uh, you talk about different. Mm-hmm. He's different, but I guarantee you one thing. He knows God. Yes, sir. 
Brother Fisher knows God. I got a preacher friend of mine. It was past, he, was a, he was an interim pastor of a church where the pastor had messed up and left. Well, this man is the, the interim. And it was some people who didn't want him to be the pastor. So this man was causing some problems. And so the preacher was doing all he could to keep from, you know, having problems with this man. This man was running down his family. And he told me this. And he'd been, you know, he, he knew Brother Fisher, but they hadn't talked about all this too much. And he said, one morning I was in my office and I looked out the window and I saw this man and he had a family backed up against the building and was just letting my family have it to try to get him to not vote for him and, I mean to go against him and he said I couldn't stand it because he was running down my family and he thought this is it I, I've had it he said I'm going down there and, t and I'm taking care of this guy I've had it and he said I was crying I was so mad and I reached for the doorknob and the phone rang. And when I picked the phone up, it was Brother Fisher, and this is and he's in California. And he ain't talked to this guy. And this Brother Fisher said to me the other way, Brother Tony, I don't know what you're gonna do, but whatever it is right now, don't do it. God told me to call you and tell you whatever you're getting ready to do, don't do it. Now he don't know nothing. That's what you call plugged in. That's right. Yeah. But that's what you call strength. <laughs> it's different. Yeah. I mean, when a man's 3,000 miles from you and he's close enough to God, God tells him to call you and tell you whatever you're going to do, don't do it. He don't know. But he said, God just told me to tell you don't do it. He said, it saved my testimony and my ministry. Wow. That's, that's something, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, but that's, it, it's called walking with God is really what it is. Now, let, that's what I'm going to talk to you about today. That you need to have your own walk with God. Amen. Now, it's good that your preacher does. But, but I'm talking about you. And I'm preaching today on this thought. Who are you walking with? Now look, here in the book of Genesis, I just got this thought. It really is not even outlined in my Bible. It wrote down on a little piece of paper. But I got this thought one day sitting at my desk, and I thought, you know, maybe this will help somebody. In, in the book of Genesis chapter 5, Genesis chapter 5, and verse 21, it says this, and Enoch lived 65 years and begat Methuselah. Now he was 65 years old when this boy was born. And then the Bible goes on to say, And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. Now Brother Manning, I don't know if Methuselah I mean, I don't know if Enoch walked with God before Methuselah was born or not. I don't know. It doesn't say he did. 
He was 65 years, so he was my age whenever his son was born. But then for three more hundred years, he walked with God. Now look at this. And he begat sons and daughters, verse 22, and all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. Now, and, and, and meaning this, he was not, God took him. One day God raptured him. Yep. Enoch is a type of the church. Yes, sir. And as a matter of fact, if you go to the book of Jude, yes, sir. it talks about Enoch prophesying even about the second coming. Mm-hmm. He was a preacher and he preached on, on, the, on the second coming. Mm-hmm. Well, he experienced it, didn't he? I mean, he, he was raptured. Yes, His first picture of the rapture. Noah, in the next chapter, he's a, he's a type of the next two chapters. He's a type of of, of Israel, of the, they, that those Jews going through the tribulation period, but God delivered them. Right. You see what I'm saying? Now they 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 they're going through the tribulation. Noah, even though he went through it, he was they were spared. Right. They were they were spared. And and then you see here the church, and then you see the, the Jews. Isn't that something out, out of Noah? But I'm not preaching on that. I I want to go on. And talk about, and Enoch walked with God and was not for God took him. Then it says, and Methuselah lived 87 years and begat Lamech. So his son was 87 years old and, and, and they had a son. And Methuselah lived after he begat Lamech 782 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Methuselah, Methuselah were 969 years and he died. Now I want to show you something. Methuselah lived 969 years and he died. Brother Carpenter, the only thing I can see that he did was fathered some children and got old and died. (laughs) As far as I know, he didn't do anything else. If he did, I don't see it. But he had a good example of a dad that taught him how to walk with God if he would have just done it. For 300 years, he watched a man get up and walk with God in the day. 300 years is a long time to watch somebody do something and not catch it. You think about 300 years of watching a man that every morning you watched him go out and went to a place of prayer and in the afternoon and in the evening. And then you watched him build altars. You watched him with his Bible. You watched him worship God. You watched him praise God. For 300 years you watched this. And then you live more than double, almost three times as long. But he didn't walk with God. Now here's the sermon. And I'm going to show you that Enoch walked with God But Methuselah walked with Enoch. Now, let me tell you, it's not going to do it because you're with somebody that walks with God. I've had people say to me, buddy, my mother knows God. My mother walked with God. I've seen people, I've seen preachers, kids. 
I've seen their grandkids say, my granddaddy, my, my, I, know, I know people say, my granddaddy and my grandmother's two greatest Christians I ever knew and I was close to them and they basically raised us. And they, they, they went to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. They had prayer lives. They'd go every morning out to an old feed barn somewhere. My granddaddy, you'd hear him out there praying. My grandmother, you'd hear her praying. Some said about their mother, their dad, they walked with God. And then that person, you wonder if they even saved. What happened? The problem is that grandmother did walk with God. Their grandpa did walk with God. Their dad walked with God. Their, their mother walked with God. But they walked with them. Right. And when they died, it was over. Let me show you another story of it. Look right here. And this is, this is in the Bible. It's throughout the Bible. You ever notice kings? You ever notice some of those kings that walked with God? Then it'll say he had a son. Then all of a sudden that son, it said, but his son walked not in the ways of, his, of David or his father. And it'll say, but he did evil. Right. You know, like I was reading this morning, and I just, I just uh, like Manasseh. How wicked he was. Now he got straightened out there toward the end, but Manasseh. But then Josiah, then after that, Josiah, all of his life, it talked about his whole days. He walked with God, knew God, and did right. So, and then I was reading in Kings this week how that, that the children were not to be punished for their. their Dad, mother, their fathers, neither the children for the fathers and mothers. In other words, let me tell you what you're going to do. You know, you're going to have to make a choice somewhere whether you want God or not. Right. Amen. Right. Amen. You know, it talks about it talks about uh, uh, Moses over in Hebrews. It said, "And Moses chose." Yes. Moses made a choice. They did. He said, he said, I'm not going to go with Pharaoh. He said, I'd rather be, I'd rather, I don't, I chose not to be called the Pharaoh's son. Right. I, I don't want to just be identified with that. I, I don't want that identification on me. And Moses may be the greatest leader of people that ever lived. But he had to make a choice one day. He said, I want God. Yes, sir. And, and, and I don't care who you are in this room or who you're kin to, it's going to be, when it boils down to it, you ain't going to be able to run off of them. That's right. That's what I'm trying to do. Okay, let me show you another example right here. Uh, one here in the book of Genesis. And the 12th chapter of Genesis. Just turn over. And now this one really is clear. Now you talk about one here. Look at this. If you want to see where somebody blew it big league that had opportunities to make it big league, you're, going, you're getting ready to see it right here. Look at this one. Genesis chapter 12. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Now God said, I'm going to bless you, but you're going to be a blessing. Right. And He said, and I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curseth thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. 
Hey, look at this. I'm going to tell you all something. Whoever, after these elections, our president is, whoever it is, I'll tell you one thing he ought to do. I'm not smart enough to be the president. But there's a few things I know that I believe would help a country. That if I, I would, I, I guarantee I'd implement it. One thing I'd do, and I, our president's done it, I'd be a friend to Israel. That's right. That's right. That's right. Now I'm going to tell you something. What this says right here, my friend, about God said to Abraham, I'll bless them to bless you and curse yes, them to curse you. Yes, that still holds today. Yes, this is forever. This covenant right here between God and Abraham is He said, I'm going to bless them Jews. Abraham, I'm going to bless you. And I'm going to bless those that bless you. Now, so here's the thing. If I want God to bless me, then I better look at them Jews and say, I'm going to be a blessing to the nation right, Israel. Amen. So if I was the president, the day after I got in, I'd take up a love offering on Wednesday night and send it to the Jews. <laughs> I'd say, boys, y'all need some, some F-16s or some machine guns. Y'all need some rations. Do you need some cows? Whatever you need. Just get them on the horn and tell us what you need. We'll be sending it. And even in Bible times, that people that blessed David, when they would bless, and even Solomon, those other kings would bless, God would bless them. They give them whatever. They give them whatever. You, and you give the Jews uh, whatever. Uh, the blessings, your blessings, and you be good to them, and God be good to you. Amen. Now, so if so, you just watch America. Now, there, I believe this, preacher. I really do believe what I'm fixing to tell you is absolute true. Two reasons I believe that God is even leaving us here. I believe America was a candidate to be annihilated, and we may be one day for our wicked sins. But the reason I think that we're still in existence was, number one, our friendship to Israel. Right. Our second is what we have done for getting the gospel to the rest of the world. Yeah. Because God's main agenda is to get the gospel to a lost and dying world. Luke 19.10 yeah. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Right. So those two reasons is the only reasons I can see for God even leaving us on the planet. If you can come up with another one, you tell me what it is. I don't know what it would be. It sure ain't our godliness. No. We're wicked as any nation on the planet. That's right, right. We're as heathen as it comes. Yes, We're slaughtering babies fast as they can be born. Yep. And the Bible said God hates hands that does that. Yes, sir. So he, and God probably hates America for the stuff that we're letting go on. If I was president of the nation, I'd do everything I could to reverse that, that abortion thing. Totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And what I'd do is get some boats and aim them in any, every direction around our nation for anybody that don't want to be here. If you're, if you're for abortion, I'm going to give you a free ticket and a backpack full of Wheaties <laughs> and a canteen. And send you, you get off on any nation, you, you can go wherever you want to go. You say, well, what if nobody won't let you inside their borders? You can stay in the ocean the rest of your eternity. <laughs> I don't care where you go, but you ain't staying here because we don't want no curse on us. 
And, and there's a curse on people that's killing babies. That's right. That's absolutely right. And then, oh my goodness. There's just so much that needs to be cleaned up. But what I'm trying to say, the only reason I really believe we're still here is being a friend of the Jews and missions. Rest of it, he ain't leaving us here because we look better, that we got more money, we got better college. That ain't none of that. He's God is having mercy. He said their dollars are going to get the gospel and preach the gospel. And in, and in these last days, I want to leave them here because they are sending missionaries. They are. Now, I'll tell you something else. Some people better be surrendering to go, not just give. Because I'm going to tell you something else. It's getting thin. Now, let me tell you something. Preacher, I know I've done golf my message and got on a horse here, but I'm going to ride him for a few minutes and then I'll put him in the barn. But listen, do you know that if you'll watch this thing, there's no young men surrendering to right. preach much. Yeah, yeah, that's a fact. Now I'm not trying to get somebody to surrender that God ain't dealing with you. But I will say this, I do believe he's still calling them. I believe that they're just turning a deaf ear to it. The call of God's still out there. The commission's still on us. I believe what's happened is we've fallen so much in love with money and the world. Hey, look right here. You take these Bible colleges, and I don't care who you are or which one you represent. I'm talking about all of them. They ain't hard to turn out. Nobody go do much. No. That's right. No. That's and when right. these old boys come in here and they get in them colleges and they get up there and they get a job $20 an hour working, they start seeing what they make and they forget that call why they went to Bible college. Yep. Yeah. Yes, sir. Man, I make $25 an hour up here. I ain't going to no ministry. Go pastor some church somewhere where they can't even t- give me no insurance. Hmm. Let me tell you something. I'd rather have God financing what I'm doing. I'd rather have God do And by the way, I didn't even think like that when I got in this thing. First of it is I never made no money. I never made nothing. I never did have one of them jobs. I, I was barely making it. So I didn't have one. God didn't, I guess He knowed. I better keep him poor as a church mouse so that he'll go on and do what I want him to do. But what I'm trying to say, I didn't think like that. It was, brother, it was just get after sinners. Go preach. God's called me. But I will say this. We ain't sending them like we used to because they're not coming forward to surrender. But let me just go on. That, that's another sermon. But I'm just telling you why we're still here. Blessing Abraham. Now let me read on God told him to get out from his mother and father and leave. I'll show you where to go. So Abraham departed. He obeyed. See it? Verse 4. As the Lord had spoken unto him. And look at this. Pay attention to this phrase. And Lot went with him. That's Abraham's brother's boy, nephew. He went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed. That's, that's getting on up there to get called, ain't it? 75 years old, you're just now getting in it. So nobody's never too old to get called. So 75. And here he goes to Abram. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered and the souls that they had gotten in Haran. And they went forth into the land of Canaan. Into the land of Canaan. They came. Now, they're headed the right direction, ain't they? Canaan's where you want to go. 
There again, did I say something about that the other night about Canaan's abundant life and yes, victorious Christian life? Well, that's where you want to go. You want to head towards Canaan. He's going the right way. Now look right here. And Abram passed through the land under the place of Sechem under the plain of Morah, and the Canaanite was then in the land. And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said unto thy seed, will I give this land, look at this, and there, talking about Abraham, he built an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. Abraham built an altar. Okay, now here we got, we got that Abraham builds an altar. What's an altar for? An altar was for worship. An altar was for prayer. An altar was to walk with God and meet God. Was it not? That's what it was for. Okay? Now look at this. And he removed from thence unto a place on the east side of, look at this, Bethel. See that? You know what Bethel means? House of God. So he had an altar and he had a church. Now we know it wasn't a literal we know it wasn't a local church like we got here. But what I'm trying to say, the, the, still, the, 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 the truth is there. Yeah. Bethel means house of God. Right. So do you see it? He's got two things he really needs. A church and an altar. Right. Yeah. It's what we need, isn't it? Right. So he's got Bethel and on, and on the west and Hay on the east. And look at this. And there at Bethel, he built an altar unto the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. That's prayer. That's what the altar was for. He called on the name of the Lord. And Abraham journeyed going on still toward the south. Now I'm going to show you what happens. Happens in the life of every Christian. Look at verse 10. This is yep. what's going to happen. Yep. And there was a famine in the land. Do you see that? Yes, sir. And Abram went down into Egypt to sojourn there for the famine was grievous in the land. Look at this and listen to this. Set still when the pandemic comes. Right. Yes, Set sir. still. You say, well, what do you mean? Don't panic Absolutely. in the right. pandemic. Right. When the famine hits, and you say, well, man, what am I going to do? I tell you what you're going to do. You build an altar. Amen. You stay in church. That's right. You keep praying. Yes, sir. You keep worshiping. You keep singing. You keep soul winning. You keep, you keep in contact with God. Okay? But even Abraham, as good a man as he is, Sort of panic some here. Hey, I want you to understand. Some of these people you see in the Bible, you see these people in the Bible, and you think, man, oh man, what a what a great man. But you see, so what makes me feel good is not all the great things they did, but the blunders. And I say, hey, I can identify with that. <laughs> he, he he missed God right here. Yeah, he should have stayed at Bethlehem. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm just telling you, yeah. he shouldn't have went nowhere. Right here, Abraham went too far. You say, how you know? Wrong road. It's going south. Going to Egypt. God never leads nobody from Canaan to Egypt. You know what? When they left there, you remember Pharaoh tried to strike up a deal. Remember that? When Moses was leaving, he said, well, just leave part. He said, nope, ain't leaving one hoof behind. Yes, sir. Ain't leaving nothing. When we leave, everybody's leaving. Everybody's leaving. So, Abraham here though goes back. Look at it. And there was a famine in the land and Abram went down into Egypt to sojourn there. Sojourn means this. Go for a little while but not intending to stay. I'm coming back. I ain't intended to stay. For the famine was grievous in the land. And it came to pass when he was come near to enter into Egypt that he said unto Sarai his wife, Behold, now I know that thou art a fair woman to look upon. 
Now that's cute, isn't it? He said to his wife, honey, they're, they're going towards uh, Egypt. And he looked at her and said, you're the prettiest thing I've ever saw in my life. You're absolutely beautiful. But that ain't the end of it. He said, now I know this bunch down here. When they see you, they're going to want you. And they're going to kill me to get you. So let's, do, let's just get us a plan before we go in here. The city limits. You are my sister. Remember, we ain't husband and wife. Don't call me sweetie pie down there. They'll, they'll kill me right on the spot. You're my sister. I'm your brother. Y'all got it? Lot? That's my, not my wife. Everybody got it? All, all the servants here, everybody got this? Sarah is not my wife. She's my, everybody got it. Sister, that's right. Now what you doing? Everybody's they're teaching them to lie. You know why? Done got away from the altar. Right. See, when you leave the altar, you'd be shocked what gets in your life. Yes, sir. Yeah. When you get away from the place of prayer and you get away from your Bible and you get away from your church, right. you won't know a man's the same man. Yes, sir. Yes, Doesn't sir. look like Abraham, does it? No. Doesn't look like Abraham. He's lying here. You said, is he lying? What else can it be? That's right. Therefore, verse 12, it shall come to pass when the Egyptians see thee, they shall say, this is his wife, and they'll kill me, but they'll save thee alive. Say, I pray thee, thou art my sister, verse 13, that it may be well with me for thy sake, and my soul shall live because of thee. And it shall come to pass when Abram was come into Egypt, the Egyptians beheld the woman, she was very fair. Boy, he was dead on it, wasn't he? Look at it. And the princes also of Pharaoh saw her and commended her before Pharaoh. And the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house. And he entreated, look at this, Abraham well for her sake. And he had sheep and oxen and asses and men servants and maid servants and the asses and cattle. Now, here's what he did. Abraham was rich before he got down there. God had been blessing him. So he had everything he needed when he got there. But when it said Pharaoh entreated him well, now, it's off the charts. I mean, he's really got it. He's got all these servants now. Men servants and maids, butlers, cowboys, everything. He's got everything there. Carpenters, he's got everything he needs. Plus, oxen and sheep and cattle and all this stuff and gold and silver. And he takes this beautiful woman up to the palace. But as soon as he gets up there with her, I don't know what the plague was. Something happened. Mm -hmm. yes, sir. And brother, judgment fell. Now look at it. Yeah. And the Lord plagued Pharaoh in his house with great plagues because of Sarah, Abram's wife. And Pharaoh called Abram and said, What is this thou hast done unto me? Why didst thou not tell me she was thy wife? Now look right here. First thing he lost was his testimony. Right. Now, what good would he have done right here? And he said, well, let me give you a gospel track anyhow and just tell you about my God. Pharaoh would have said, you're God. Well, you lying rascal, you. Exactly. You're God. Do you even know God? Well, that was your wife? And you was going to let your wife come up there? What's wrong with you? Good question, isn't it? Yes, sir. His testimony is gone. Now, all those Egyptians is looking at, at, at Abraham. 
He said, that, that Jew lied to us. And so here's what he said but to get the plagues off of him. Why saidest thou she is thy sister so that I might have taken her, uh, her to me to wife? Now therefore behold thy wife. Take her and go thy way. Now God is watching out for Abraham. And you know what really could have happened? Pharaoh could have said to his troops, kill that man and that woman and all their servants and get right. my gold and silver back, my cattle back, and annihilate him. But he did. He was afraid of him because he knew God was still with him. Isn't it something how God even still blesses us in spite of us? Isn't it? And so now, but I want to show you something. Here's what a man that knows God, here's what he'll do. And Pharaoh commended his men concerning him. That meant don't touch him. And they sent him away and his wife and all that he had. Now, here's what happened. Now, he gets out there and says, no harm done. He didn't do anything to my wife. And I got 10,000 times more stuff than I had when I got down here. Look at all this gold. Is that wagon wheels that go haul all that gold back? That's silver. Yeah, you got enough oxen to pull it. Oh, yeah, we got the oxen back there. We can change them out every little bit and rest them because he gave us so much. We got so much stuff. And we got people. We got everything. He said, and so here's what he said. Look at this. And Abram, look. Now, which way is he going? Up. Out of Egypt. He and his wife and all that he had. And look at this. And Lot with him into the south. Now, he takes Lot and Sarai and all the servants. Now they're going up. Right. Now we'll show where he's headed. And Abraham was, look at this next statement, very rich in cattle, silver, and in gold. And he went on his journeys from the south. Look where he went, folks. Even to Bethel under the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Hai. Look right here. This is a saved man. Now, I'm going to show you something. But you know what he said? Man, I could have been killed. How crazy was I? What are we doing down here anyhow? I mean, boy, I tell you, I missed that fellowship time when I was praying. And you know what? Them was the greatest days of my life. You know what? Do you notice here at the beginning, where he was at the beginning? Do you see that? The church of Ephesus in the book of Revelation. Back to your first love from yes, the beginning. Church of Ephesus, you've been fundamental. Abraham, you was fundamental. Nevertheless, we're friends, but I have somewhat against thee. Thou has left. And Abraham left. He didn't lose Bethel. He left Bethel. He didn't lose it. He knew exactly where Bethel was at. He knew which direction to go. Let me ask you something this morning. Do you know which direction you need to go? Do you know where that old Bible's laying that you left two or three weeks ago? Do you know where that, remember that prayer place where you used to go meet God? Remember that bus route you was on some time back? When you was happy? Remember that Sunday school class you just give it up because you want to do some other stuff on Saturday you didn't have time to visit it? See, what I'm trying to say, think back. The greatest days. Brother Manning, when I got saved, when I got saved, 
a few years, just a little while after that, I can remember some things that it's not like it used to be even among Christians. I just want to go with this and I won't go back. I can remember a time when I, when I, when I first got even in the ministry and right before I got in the ministry. I can remember a time, Brother Manny, if there was a meeting going on a hundred miles from where we was at, somebody would say, you know, uh, they'd say Harold Seidler's preaching in Mount Airy tonight. It's a hour and a half. And I'd get up and tell the church, folks, Dr. Seidler's going to be at Northside. I remember, the reason I remember me, Dr. Seidler's going to be at Northside. How many of y'all go if we take a bus? We'd take a bus. Yeah. And sing on the way up there preach and fellowship, cut up, take a bus. And get on that bus and Dr. Seitler would preach and they'd sing. Maybe have another preacher with him. Preacher, it'd be 10 o'clock before we'd even get out of church. Yep. Get on that bus, drive all the way back to Moxville, get in at 11.30, quarter to 12, and then get up and go to work next day. I can remember Dr. Howells would be in Beckley, West Virginia, and I lived in North Carolina. And Bill Burr was having Dr. Howell. And I told some of my men, they just want to school up there. When they got off from work, I remember picking some of them up and they leave their car where they work. We have to drop them back off. We got in 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. Them guys had to go to work next day. And we'd listen to tapes all the way up there, old cassettes of, of maybe Brother Howells or Curtis Hudson or somebody and cry and laugh and shout, holler, and then go to preaching in there and then do it all the way back. Maybe stop and just get a hot dog somewhere or something. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Hey, them were some of the greatest days of my Christian life. Go to them old pastor schools and drive all night and get up there, Brother Manning, in time to register. And you're wore out. Hey, Brother Tim sometimes leave on Sunday night after the Sunday night service from North Carolina and drive in a 15-passenger van, maybe pick up two or three preachers. <laughs> that Graham boy that fell, the yes. pastor here died, pastor in Ohio. Right. First pastor school we went to, he's with us. We picked him up somewhere. Him and his brother, he had a brother that passed right. somewhere. We picked them boys up. They rode the van with us. Yeah. I didn't even know them. Yeah. We had so much luggage in that van. You couldn't hardly get in there. I wondered if that van was going to make it. I mean, we was in there like this and rode all night and got in there the next day, stood in line, and it's snowing in March in Hammond yeah. Yeah. on the sidewalk. Lines look like the judgment seat of Christ. I mean, so many people standing <laughs> and, and wait and register. Go to an old motel somewhere, brush your teeth. Get your Bible. Go somewhere and try to grab a bike. Then go to church. Dr. Howell, back in those days, he didn't let you out. You stayed till 10 o'clock at night and he'd say, be here in the morning. I, I, Brother Tim, I, you know, y'all know I'm not making this up. You get there next morning, daylight, and they'd open them doors. I saw this. I saw people getting knocked down trying to get in there and trampled. People running to get in there to, to get seats. People stay all night in the auditorium. Then you come out and they're selling a box lunch for a dollar. Yeah. And you sit in a van out there and eat it and go back in. What no break? Stay all week, leave at 12 o'clock on Friday yep. and drive all Friday night and get in in time 
You drive all Friday and Friday night, get in in time to go in and wash your face to go to the bus meeting. Yeah. And then we'll go bus route all day. And then run again on Sunday. Uh -huh. Years we did that stuff. But you know why you did it? Yeah. You was in love yeah. with the yeah. Lord. Yeah. Nowadays, you couldn't pay a man a salary to do it. Yeah. You couldn't get people to do it. You say, why? It ain't in here. And let me tell you something. Abraham remembered them days and said, I'm going back where I my love was at. Yes, sir. I'm heading back. And look what he did. He went up out. He went up out of Egypt. He had his silver and his gold and they went back. Now look and notice verse 1 says, and Lot with him, chapter 13. And he went on his journeys from the south even to Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Hebron. Look, unto the place of the altar which he had made there at the first. See that? And there Abraham called on the name right. of the Lord. Thank God he ain't lying now. He's praying. Amen. See, when he went back where he's supposed to be, now he's back into the prayer time. See it? Do you see this? How clear this is? Now I'm going to show you some things. Now look at verse 5. And Lot also, which went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents. Well, where did he get them? Abraham had so much. Right. He looked at him one day and said, my brother's boy. I looked in this morning right before a priest sitting back and brother, and I was looking at pictures, and I saw a little picture of one of my grandsons on there. My heart just warmed up. You look at those little grandkids, you look at those little nieces and nephews, you look, just does something, though. There's something, I mean, and I believe old Abraham one day he looked at old Lot and said, You know what? He's been with me the whole time. Man, I'm like his dad. Son, cut you out a couple thousand head. <laughs> cut you out, and, and I'll give you 500 cowboys. And some, some of these girls to cook. And uh, here, here's your plenty of gold and silver to get started with stuff. So the herds grew. Now the Bible goes on to say this. And the land was not able to bear them. They right. wasn't no barbed wire fences. That ain't what it meant. Right. Far as you could see, the land couldn't contain them. They had so much cattle and was so blessed. They so blessed. But I want to show what happened. Go back to where it says in the Canaanite. Did y'all pay attention back there when it said the Canaanite was still in the land? Verse yes, 6, chapter 12. You know who some of these cowboys are? It's the Canaanite. See, this, this book right nothing's not in here for just to be taken up space so you'll have a thick Bible. Look, look, okay, and look what it says. And there was strife, verse 7, yep. between the herdmen of Abraham's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle, look, and the Canaanite, do you see that? And the Prezite dwelled then in the land. So these were hired hands. They were they were they were part part of the story. That's why they couldn't get along. These wasn't saved. These unsaved people. But these cowboys. You look at them. You see them chewing tobacco and smoking cigarettes and their chaps on. You know, I mean, it's sort of rough. Right? I look right. They couldn't get along. Now I want to show you something though. See Abraham. Look at the difference in Abraham now. I want to show you something here. And Abraham said unto Lot, let there be no strife. You know why he didn't want no strife, brother? He's got an altar. Right. 
Right. See, people that's got a prayer altar, they don't like strife. Amen. They don't like church fight. See, when somebody's praying like they shouldn't in their Bible, like they don't want to fuss and fight. See, you're telling on yourself when you're contentious Absolutely. and you want to fight. That's right. So Abraham, it was not Lot that said to Abraham, let there be no strife. He was the one that had the altar. You see what I'm talking about? So Abraham said, let there be no strife between my herdmen and thy herdmen. Look, for we be brethren. Man, we're kin. Brother Manny, we're, we're brothers in Christ. Why should me and you fight? Why should me and this man up here fuss and fight? Listen, we're brothers. That's a good question, isn't it? Yes, sir. Folks, we've hurt ourselves even in fundamentalism. Yes, we have. Wow. We've hurt ourselves. Men can't get along. All that type of stuff. Brother, let me tell you something. My battle, uh, I'm fighting the devil. Come on. I'm going to tell you something. There's a lot of stuff, unnecessary fight. This is all unnecessary. This is an unnecessary fight right here. Abraham said, we don't need to be fussing over this. He said, look, the whole land's ours. All you got to do is put us move and separate the herds, Father. Ain't no use for this. So he said, tell you what do, Lot. Look at it. Is not the whole land, verse 9, before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou take the left, then I'll go to the right. And if thou depart the right, then I'll go to the left. Hey, there again, he has the altar. See the right. difference? Brother, right. you take what you want and, 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 and whatever's left, I, I'll take it. You want to go to the right? I'll go to the left. And if you want to go to the left, I'll go to the right. You know what that is? That's because you've got an altar. Mm. We don't want no strife. Mm. That's good. I'll do what you, you do what you want. You take and I'll take what you don't want. See what it is? That's an attitude when you you got a prayer life. That's good. That's good. See. When you got an altar. Now I'm gonna show you something. Now I'm gonna show you when you ain't got an altar what happened. Look right here. Oh, here it is. And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan that it was well watered everywhere <coughs> before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, look at this, like unto the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zoar. And Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves one from the other. Look, verse 12. And Lot dwelled in the, and Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan. And Lot divided and dwelled in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent towards Sodom. Notice the man with the altar stayed towards Cana. Right. Victorious. The one with no altar goes towards Sodom. Yes, sir. Now let me tell you why. You know what Sodom was like? Egypt. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, why did Lot like Egypt? Mm. When his uncle left his altar, he introduced that younger boy to Egypt. Yeah, Look right here. I'll save your life if you listen. Mom and daddy, listen to the preacher a minute. Some of you mothers and dads have been saved a long time. And you've, you've, you've been saved a long time, been in this church a long time, and you've got an altar. You've had an altar. You know the Bible. You know what old-time religion is. But let me tell you something. Your kids don't. Right. 
Let me, come here, let me borrow you just a minute. Come here a minute. Let me show you something. See, there's some stuff I know about life. This, how old are you? Thirteen. Thirteen. Okay, come with me a minute. Look, see, I can take him with me and I can take him, brother, and show him stuff he ain't never thought about. I can let his eyes see things he ain't never seen. Right. Yep. Now, because I'm saved, and I know what it is to pray and have revival and be in a... When I get away from God, the Holy Spirit say to me, buddy, you ain't right with God. And you need to get right with God. And my heart gets broken. I get convicted. I said, man, I remember when I had a prayer time. I remember my prayer altar. So I go back. But all that riding around in Egypt, this little boy looks at me. Whoa, man, look at those girls. Whoa, what is all those lights flashing down? What is that place? Mm -hmm. Sarah might say, that's a red light district down there. Well, what they do down there? Oh, man, it's bad down there. But see, in his mind, he wouldn't be wondering what it is. I took him down there when I left my altar. Now, I got an altar, so when I get convicted, I'm, I'll go back. But he's walking with me. I'm walking with God. He's walking with me. He ain't got no altar. So when he gets a chance, yes, sir. he's not going to Bethel and Ai. He's going to Egypt. That's why today you're seeing a whole generation of kids going to the devil because mom and dad introduced them to Egypt. See, you don't think nothing about taking your kids where you used to take them out. See, my kids never did see nothing on Saturdays but visitation bus rides. They, they went with me on Saturdays. They went with the wife. They went with us on Saturdays. Now, here's what happens. When mom and dad gets tired of God, they start saying, well, you know what, Brother Manny? We we just gonna give you this Sunday school class and we we want to go. We're gonna start just taking some weekends off a little bit now and here and there. Now here's what happens. They go somewhere and they visit a church while they're gone, maybe a year or two down the road, and some preacher scalds them and they get convicted. So they said, You know what, it's time for me to get back to Bethel. And they come in and say, Preacher, we want to get right with God. We're coming back. So they come back. And they come back and they bring those kids. But what they did, they brought him back, but this kid didn't ever have no altar before he left. And he dead sure didn't get one while he was down there. So what happens when he gets on his own and I give him his herd and I give him his gold and silver? Are you seeing this? He's going yes, sir. back to Egypt. And he went to Sodom. Now it looks like Abraham, thank you, buddy. It looks like Abraham gets out of this thing and he goes back and gets right with God and, and everything's okay. But let me tell you, he still, he, he still ain't out of this thing. Lot knows the Sodom, so he's running. He goes down there and he's the richest man. He's moved in town. He's the richest man in town. Mm -hmm. So he sets in the gates. The Bible said he's sitting in the gate. That means he's probably the mayor. He was voted in. I mean, he's a politician now. But he don't, he don't, uh, he don't uh, change it. They changed him. That's right. 
He lost all of his kids down there. Sure lost everything down When he got out, all he had was a shirt on his back. He didn't get his wife out. She turned into a pillar of salt. You know why it says, remember Lot's wife, Luke 17, 32? Because he turned her into what she was supposed to be. Hmm. If she'd have been salt, that city would have been saved. Well, yes, we'll be the salt of the earth. God turned her into a block of salt. He said, Lot, that's what you were to be. If you'd have been that, y'all could have saved your kids and all this city. Wow. All I wanted you to win was 10. You couldn't even come out here with 10 people. Wow. Something about that. Yes, but I want to show you something about Abraham. Looks like he got out of this thing, doesn't it? Do you remember back there where it said that he had men servants and maid servants? Mm -hmm. Pharaoh gave them to him, didn't he? Out of those maid servants, when he went back up out of there, he had a beautiful little old teenage girl went back with him and Sarah looked at her and said, you know what? That girl's got a lot going on. She's, she's, man, she's got a lot of potential. Abraham said, okay, if we bring her home with us and she can, she can wait on me, be my little maid. Yeah, go ahead. So, Sarah knows that God told Abraham. Abraham told her one day, God's going to give us a boy, but never would. Didn't seem like it was happening. And in her seeing, by the way, sir, it doesn't say nothing about Sarah having an altar. Abraham. So you got Sarah running off of Abraham's altar. And you got Lot who'd been running off of Abraham. They're both walking with Abraham, but they ain't walking with God. So one day, in a fit of rage, she said, I, I'm sick of this. We can't have children. I can't give you no children. I'll tell you what you do. You go in unto Hagar, my little servant Well, Where did Hagar come from? On that vacation without an altar to Egypt. That's where he got her. He laid with her. She got with child. And there came Ishmael. That's right. Across the Egyptian and the Jew. The Arabic nation. There it is. And today, I just was with Joe Vasek two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. We're crossing that bridge and I looked to my right. He said, Brother Darrell, see that tower with that needle on it over there? And I said, yeah. he said, right to the right of that is where the trade center stood. There's a hole over there now in the ground. They had time to take you over there. You know who got that trade center, don't you? Ishmael. Mm -hmm. That's right. And folks, this country and the world will never be the same because right. Abraham left his altar. That's right. 